Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Viewer's Cut. My name is Adam Galloway, and we have a nice special episode for you today. Joining me is my good pal, Mauricio. Mauricio, say hello. Wow. <laughs> hello. He's not He's not going to be talking today. He's just going to be using horns and <laughs> just gonna express, uh, weird sound effects. Yeah, I'm going to express through, uh, through noises. It's like the uh, in War of the Worlds how the uh, how they speak and they Ooh. when you hear them come yeah. Side exactly note: I was it. terrified of that sound. I think that's one of the best sound makes ever made in a sci-fi movie. That's it. Move on. Side so, side note: I think we talked about it in the Spielberg episode. Like it is totally an underrated Steven Spielberg movie. I, I'm love not a huge it. fan of the ending, but there's a lot of good stuff in that movie, and I love Tom Cruise in it. I love that movie. So this episode, we're gonna talk about Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, we do have a uh, a topic we want to uh, you know focus on. So if you remember back in season one, our good pal Ryan moderated an episode about Tenet. It was the build up to uh, the release of that movie, dead middle of COVID, and yeah. you know, is are the theaters gonna are they gonna you know stay open? Are they gonna open? Are the, are the movies gonna be premiered? And uh, it eventually got pushed. I think only by a couple weeks, right? Um, when was maybe it a little bit originally? more? Maybe yeah, a when was bit it supposed more. to be? I'm trying to remember because um, it was I I don't remember when it was released. It was gonna be in July because, yeah, seven or something. Oh uh, yes, because of the the yeah, it was gonna be July and then it, it got pushed. Yeah. I don't actually remember the date it was released, but regardless, uh, Mauricio and I have seen the movie. We both saw it separately. We went to uh, separate theaters. And we want to talk a little bit about our experience going back to the theater, seeing Tenet, and just kind of the future of, uh, you know, what's what's going to happen. Just because I'm sure Mauricio can attest to this, we've been streaming a lot lately, uh-huh. and a lot of movies are are coming out, and we're watching a lot of Netflix and Prime Video, Disney Plus. So we just want to tackle a little bit. Uh, there we have some things that we want to say, and I, I wanted to talk to my good pal Mauricio. I haven't talked to him in a while, so. Yeah. Uh, this was, you know, that. So first, uh, how you doing, Mauricio? How's uh, life in Toronto? I'm doing good. Uh, today we're celebrating Halloween. We're recording this on Halloween Day, and uh, yes, we are. Uh, so not much happening, obviously, because of COVID. But I'm staring at a giant skeleton we have in the apartment, <laughs> and uh, so I have company today, not fully alone. And also, uh, as recording this video, uh, we want to pay our respects to Sir Sean Connery, yes. who unfortunately uh, passed away. And I believe, I'm not 100% sure if this is, you know, happened, but I believe he was in the Bahamas. And he passed yes. away peace, peacefully in his sleep, which is all you can ask for. And 90 years old, born in 1930. I mean, which, God. Th- I mean, dying uh, of old age, rich, and in the Bahamas is the most James Bond thing you can imagine. Yes. So, and, and I, I, I haven't seen many James Bond movies. Sorry, Andrew. <laughs> and uh, I've seen, you know, The Untouchables and uh, Indiana Jones uh, and the the Last Crusade. The Incredible and, uh, League just, of the Something Gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> and just a. a you know, fantastic actor, and he will be missed. So, uh, rest in peace, Sean Connery. Yep. So, we're gonna jump into some questions here that I've put together for my pal Mauricio. So, first, I want to know. We haven't really actually talked about this, and I just wanted to know because obviously you're in Toronto and I'm in London. Things are a little bit different. What was your experience like going back to the theater? Where did you see it? Like, I'm assuming it was a Galaxy, and just you know, did you feel safe? Was it was it a good environment? Just tell me a little bit of how it went. Yeah, I. I mean, I'm talking to someone who went back to the gyms when they say it could be open. Um, okay. And uh, because I have, I I do have the feeling that it's it could be scary at the beginning, but I I trust they're taking the right uh, precautions for that. And um, I usually just go look around and be like, do I feel safe here or, or not? Uh, in the case with the theater, uh, I. I, I did feel safe because usually it was a very packed theater. I mean, it's one of the main theaters in Toronto. Um, okay. And, but this time it felt like we were there at 7 a.m. It was, it was empty <laughs> and they did a good job keeping people away from each other in the, in the theater. Uh, they even made sure like when you're going to empty a road, you leave in order so no one cross paths with the person in front of them and um, I did feel safe it was weird to see a theater that empty however I enjoyed it because <laughs> sometimes it's just too loud and annoying 
but mm. um, it was it was weird. It, and all the the trailers they show at the beginning, they were like all the films they haven't released, and it was honestly like ten trailers one after the other one, with wow. no date on it. So it's like this was made, and we have it, and it's like when are we watching it? So it was interesting experience. Very, very weird, but interesting. But I feel safe. Yeah. Yeah, we went to, uh, Andrew and I went to uh, Imagine Cinemas at uh, at the mall, mm. uh, City Plaza, and I think there was five people in the theater. I, yeah. I can't remember. It wasn't that many. Me and Andrew were uh, alone in our row. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. Perfectly safe. Like, I... I haven't been going to the gyms, but like, you know, the theater was just as safe, if not more safe than a grocery store or all these other places. That I think are it was safer, to be honest. And I'm like, so, you know, that I had no problem with it. I mean, we wore our masks. We did everything, uh, all the guidelines they set up. And uh, it was refreshing to go back. And once we sat down in our theater, we were allowed, just like at the restaurants, we were allowed to take our masks off once we were seated. And I'm just like, okay, this is good. Like, I, I, I'm glad this a little bit of, of normalcy back, which was yeah. great. And it was the same. I think uh, the James Bond trailer played before. Maybe Black Widow. I don't remember all of them. Yes, all of them. But, I had um, all of them. Yes. So it, it was. It was definitely nice to be back. Yeah. With um, as we gear up for winter, do you think they should stay open? Uh, well. Um... As you know, Toronto right now went back to stage two because numbers were uh, started going up. And yes. they're planning to reopen soon in November. Should they reopen? I, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of paranoia also because we're in the season of the flu and people are starting to get symptoms of flu. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, panic when it comes to feeling sick uh, again. But we can't forget there's still more things out there. And I do feel they, are, they will be safe. If they keep being cautious, people being responsible, and they keep the measures they have to keep uh, in place, I think it will be safe. Like everything else, because st you still need to go to the grocery store. You, need, you still mm -hmm. need to do things that require you to go outside that I think are more risky than uh, a theater, where it's just... I know you're there for probably two hours average, but um, yes. But I, I, I felt safe. I mean, I'm talking about we were probably like 20 people in a theater that's designed for 100 plus crowds. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it will be safe if people are responsible enough and take care of themselves. Yeah, I, I agree. Just because I, I compared a lot to, you know, restaurants. Yes. Because it's the same concept to a degree. It's not the exact same, but... Like obviously grocery stores, you're walking around gyms, you're moving from machine to machine, and sweating, you're sweating, and all that kind of stuff. So with you know when you go to the restaurants, they've been open. Uh, like mm -hmm. what in Toronto right now? Are restaurants like closed? Like you can still do takeout, but you're not allowed in the restaurants right now. That's what stage two is. Right. Is that like, correct? Okay. Before you could have do a dine-in, but uh, now it's just if you have a outdoor space, you can you're gotcha. allowed. But obviously we are reaching the one degree temperature outside so it's yes. not pleasant <laughs> but yeah. you can still do the takeout and support local businesses that way yes so. which i'm i'm in huge favor of i think we have to find ways to continue supporting local businesses yep. like uh, outside obviously there's the big chains for sure but anytime you can support local i think that's very important now yeah and uh but yeah back to theaters i think they should be open i think you can do it safe it's like anything just be smart, use a little bit of common sense, be considerate, mm -hmm. be respectful. And you don't, I mean, I, I'm not, if I was on the border of a movie that I didn't really care about, I'm probably not going to go. But like no. if a Rocky movie was coming out or like <laughs> Endgame or something that I, I, I want to go right. see it in the theater. I, I, yeah. I can do, I feel I can do it safe. Just like going to a restaurant. Yeah. And Hey, it's the same thing. You, hey. you, and even if, I, I don't think you need to wear the mask once you're seated, but even if they choose to do that, I'd be fine with that. I mean, it's fine, but I think it's, you know, follow the same rules as the restaurants. I think it's been fine. I, here in London, I haven't heard of huge outbreaks in restaurants, so I don't know. I, I think it's safe, and I, you know, I hope these movies can start coming out. I don't know how Tenet's doing. I, I don't even know if it's broken even yet, so... Yeah, I think it did. I think... 
I think it did well, but obviously it didn't make what it, it should have made. Well, you I do mean, well when you're the only film. Yes, in and the, I think it's still out. <laughs> oh, and it's going to be for a while, because why yeah. not? I mean, guys, just follow the basic tips. One, one, keep distance between each other. Two, wear your mask. Still Three, the most important thing. Yeah. Three, wash your hands. Four, if you feel uncomfortable about getting concessions, bring your own. They're not going to stop yes. you. Bring a little bag of popcorn made at home if you don't feel good of you know, manipulating the ones that they use in the theater. You help them by getting the concession, but just if so. And um, yeah, just, just, just be uh, conscious about that. If you've been feeling sick, whether if it's the flu or is the this or that, just stay at home, avoid it. And if you've been in contact with someone that has been sick, not confirm COVID or not, just stay at home. So if everybody does that, I feel the chances of getting infected or create a breakout, it's very low. So it's it's up to us. The theaters are doing their part, but it's honestly up to us mostly. So. For sure. it's it's That's the way it's always been, and people are going to react the way they want. And I just yeah. – all the stuff you said is important. I just – you know, it's okay for young people that are healthy and not sick to go out. It's okay. Yeah. Keep just grandma safe. Keep yes. grandma safe. Be smart. I have my my grandfather's been in a retirement home. I haven't seen him. I've called him. He's doing fine, and he his spirits are up. And you know, there's no, you know there's only so much we can do. But the stuff that we can do, I think, is important, and we should do it and be respectful. Just because you can't see someone, you don't know who you're protecting. Just be smart about it. Live your life. Have fun. Find creative ways. Make a podcast to to catch up with your <laughs> friends. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, so I think we're in agreement on that. I think theaters should stay open or reopen in your case. Bring and I hope back. they do. I, I really, really hope they do. Yeah. Speaking of the movie that, uh, we saw Christopher Nolan's Tenet yeah. or backwards Tenet, Tenet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have my answer and I, I, I believe I know your answer. Were you satisfied with this film or were you disappointed and why? Well, I think that also brings me to a very important question that I, I asked myself at the moment the movie was done and we could resume the whole episode in that way. Has Christopher Nolan gone too far? And that's something I'm probably going to save for, uh, to bring back in a moment. Yes. Um, was I disappointed? Yes. Uh, straightforward. <laughs> like, um, I mean, I think <laughs> I think we all have expectations when specific um, directors, or filmmakers in general, when they've been producing uh, a kind of a style, continuous style. I knew Christopher Nolan wasn't gonna be for a regular, straightforward uh, timeline. Uh, they showed on the trailer it's gonna be back and forth, time traveling, yada yada yada. Uh, but in comparison to all his other films, uh, all his confusing films like. Uh, Inception, Interstellar. This one, I felt it missed the mark. This one was just too confusing for an audience to appreciate. Uh, it was more frustrating than enjoyable. And to be honest, I was bored. Because imagine like someone hands you like, here, this is a quantum physics book, read it. <laughs> okay, so you read it, you understand there's words there, but at the end you're like, wow, that was 120 pages of nothing because I don't know what they're talking about. And I felt like if you sit down through a film that is two hours something and you don't understand anything from at any point and you walk out, you're like, why did I get, why did I get out of this? It was, it felt empty. Um, so, yeah, I was very disappointed because... It, it didn't feel like I was watching an enjoyable film. Just, I got confused. <laughs> the, the key word you said there, which I totally agree with you, was frustrating. Yeah. And as two people that have watched lots of movies, like, I, I don't like the way the movie made me feel as a viewer. It was similar, but not as bad as Interstellar. Right. Interstellar, I think, is, is a better movie. And especially the third act of Interstellar, I just felt so dumb and confused and I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I didn't care 
about Matthew McConaughey's character enough. It was good. It wasn't great in my opinion. And this was 10 times worse because I didn't give a shit about the main no. protagonist. No. I didn't care about what was going on. I had no idea. And it was just, like I said, frustrating. And I couldn't enjoy the movie. When I step back now, I can say, you know what? Christopher Nolan's movies are shot well. The music yeah. was fine. Like, the action was really good. Like, he's good at all that kind of stuff. But, like, I, has he gone too far? I think with this film, he did. Mm-hmm. It was nice to see Dunkirk when it was released following because they did inception dark Knight rises interstellar and then dunkirk kind of took a step back and he just went back to a really good visually stunning movie that similar you know didn't have really a a main protagonist it just had a bunch of interesting characters and yeah i like that this was also it's also a real uh, story in a way that this event happened so you can relate to young soldiers going through the of course you know awfulness of war you can relate to the stress of uh, uh you know an, uh, a soldier running out of uh, fuel in his uh, plane knowing that he has to go there to save those people so there's something to relate to I mean, in inception you can relate to the idea of dreams we all have dreams we all understand the concepts like oh i've always you know waking up from a dream when i feel i'm falling uh, so it's relatable it's, it's it's fine and interstellar is a very straightforward even if you don't understand the science you understand the action and the objective from the beginning we need yes. to leave to survive to move forward and you know the whole connection between uh, daughter and father so if there's something carrying you from point a to point b to point c blah 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 tenet was like who are these people do they have any background <laughs> and then it's just start things start exploding and you're like well i guess i I don't know what is happening like fast and furious is a full action film but you understand what is happening yes you know the objective even fast and the furious because i've seen a good majority of them has better character development than tenet and that's saying a Mm -hmm. lot because i can tell i can talk to you about vin diesel's character and paul walker's character and a bunch of them, like, at the, at the bare minimum. And I, I can't tell you anything about the characters in Tenet. And that's important to me. I'm only speaking from my own perspective. Right. That's very important. And like you said with Interstellar, like, I didn't love Matthew McConaughey's character, but it was all there. It was basic story structure. This is the motive for our character. This is what he's trying to achieve. And he's a and father. these are the obstacles. Yes. Yeah, these are the obstacles he has to overcome. Same thing with Inception. I was confused in Inception the first time I saw it. Oh, my God. I... I was frustrated, but the, the the percentage of frustration was smaller than the enjoyment. I still enjoyed the hell out of that movie. It was yeah. the exact opposite for Tenet, where there was a little bit of enjoyment. Like, oh, that was a cool scene, but what the hell's going on? Mm-hmm. So, that I mean, like I think it nailed it in the head. Frustrating is the best way to say it, because it's just like, I want to love this filmmaker. He's so talented. But, like you said, he went too far with this. I think I, I would like to see it again. I probably will, but I just have no interest right now. Inception Same. and the and the Prestige, I wanted to run out and watch it again. Memento, like I wanted to watch it again. It was confusing Dunkirk. as hell. Yes, like I want to watch these movies again. Even Interstellar, I had a little bit of interest, as confused as I was. So. I guess we're in the same boat, and that's why I asked you to, to join me for this, because I knew we kind of had similar, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to, similar to, thoughts. To be fair, I went to see the movie with Ryan, and yes. uh, I, he watched it a second time. He said it's better, and I can't speak fully for him. I know he defends Christopher Nolan a lot because he loves him, and I love mm-hmm. Christopher Nolan as well, but I think for me it's important to accept when something doesn't work, nobody's perfect. He's not a god. Um, he, sorry, but this one doesn't just doesn't make it. And at least personally speaking, and you and I agree on that matter. And yeah, it was frustrating. It was, it was confusing. And the worst part is I told Ryan halfway through the film, when things started to get funky, funkier, I immediately told him, I give up. I don't know what it's happening. I just want to watch the, the action scenes. Yes, I, I think confessed. I did the same thing as well. I was sure. like, I'm out. I don't care to understand what is happening. I don't care what happened to them. I'm just going to write this because we paid for it. So It was like it, it, Kubrick becoming like Michael Bay. <laughs> where it's just like, 
Okay, so ah. I'm now I'm watching Transformers. Okay, so oh, let's just no. enjoy this. Yeah, cool. it's like it's Transformers. I'm not gonna think about it. Yes, I don't need and to I, understand. I think I saw all three of the the, the first three Transformers movies in the Jesus. theater, and you you turn your your brain off for sure. And like, yes. but honestly, sitting here right now, I can honestly say, Transformers the first one. I like the third one too, but the first one. It follows the story structure way better. The main yeah. character, I know his name. I know what he's trying to achieve. I know what... Even the Autobots, like, they have more character development than anyone in Tenet. How about, so, though, that title, Dark of the Moon? Does that make any <laughs> grammatical sense? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, Transformers, I don't know enough Dark about of the, the moon. moon. It's like someone did a typo or they were like, sorry, <laughs> we don't have the rights over the dark side of the moon. So uh, uh, it was... What is, anyways, Transformers is another topic that I, <laughs> I, that I have my I have my feud with the with those Autobots and uh, the people that use Transformers <laughs> stickers on their cars. But that's another the topic. The Decepticons. How dare they put that on their car? Anyways. Yeah, the the main plot of the third one is that there's a, a wreck. There's like a, a shipwreck or whatever on the dark side of the moon. And they discover it. And there's a whole thing. So it might be right. I've never actually looked into it. They might not have been able to get the rights to dark side of the moon. Or it just didn't sound good. I don't know. But Dark of the Moon, as I think about it, is not a very good... Call it the shadow of the moon, behind the moon, <laughs> the, the dark side of the saddle, that natural satellite, whatever. Anyways, that's, we're not talking about yeah. Transformers. So I'm curious, and uh, what will be paired with this episode is my uh, Christopher Nolan ranking. And I just want to know for you, Mauricio, does Tenet sit at the bottom for you as of right now? Is it your least favorite Christopher Nolan movie? 100%. Oh, no. interesting. Yeah. Because I remember when we did this before to rank uh, Nolan's films. Yeah. And I had a struggle. I actually was like, I have to put this in. And I said, like, if it's in the bottom, doesn't be doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just that I didn't have any place to put it in comparison with the other ones. And yeah. in this case, I put it there because I think it's not good. I'm going to say bad because it still has, like you say, it looks beautiful. The action scenes are great, blah, 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 the music. But it's not good compared to the other ones. Well, even just based on that, like all the stuff that we said is good, it is good, but it's not his best. Like no. I, I personally think he's already peaked, in my opinion. I, I, I love Inception, obviously. And I think that was, you know, Dark Knight, Inception, Dark Knight Rises, eh, and Interstellar, I mean... Those movies are, are are better shot. The music's better. Like his sound mixing, I don't know what's going on with his sound. They're mixing. watchable. Yeah. So like I don't. I think he 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 kind of plateaued because this didn't push anything forward. Like even James Cameron, all his movies push things forward in regards to visual effects and the way it's shot and all that kind of stuff. I don't think he was at his best in any aspect of this film. Mm -hmm. I think everything like obviously script. Like he writes his own scripts. And, like, it wasn't his best written movie. It wasn't his best shot movie. It wasn't his best uh, uh, score. And I, I don't I don't even know who did the cinematography. It wasn't Wally. Wally the, didn't, I don't think yeah. he's worked with Wally Pfister since... Uh, for I me, can't remember. For me, yeah. also, dialogue-wise, was so weak. Yes. It's, I was like, why is this main character being so, so witty when they're going to kill him? But he doesn't understand what is happening. And um, he was so good in Black Klansman. I was so mm -hmm. happy for this casting. I'm like, yes, like he's a descendant of Denzel Washington. Like you can't get it. You can't get a better father than that. And <laughs> I, w I went and watched Black Klansman, and I'm like, he's great. Like he's, he's phenomenal. Awesome. Yeah. And I, this, I'm like, Ugh. I think, I think there was. I wish Denzel was in it. <laughs> Yeah, that's a reveal at the end. Um, I, I do wish there was... I, what I think is that there's probably some hand behind this and going like, hey, Christopher, we would like you to eventually direct a James Bond movie, but we don't know if you're down for it. And, ah. and he's like, okay, let me try it. Because for the first time I, that I can recall, he has a main bad guy. He has, a, you know, the evil mind behind the plan. For Interstellar, it's just nature. It's fucking things yeah. up. For Inception, there's not a bad guy. They're just trying to steal somebody's information. And uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's characters want to go to his uh, kids again. It's not bad guy. Yeah. 
There's uh, no villain. Yeah, you're right. Da- Dunkirk is a historic event. There's nothing you can do. You don't even see the Germans. You hear them. You don't see them. And, um, it's because they're ugly. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, Nazis. Um, yeah. the, damn Nazis. Damn Nazis. I want my scalps. Um, the, what else? Like, yeah, and so on. Like, the prestige. It's just a, a race between two people that are actually just competing with each other. This is I really one. didn't think about this, Mauricio. You're this... absolutely right. He doesn't have a villain in no. any of his movies. Even even Insomnia. Like, yeah. obviously, Robin Williams. But then you have Al Pacino that's a little shady, too. It's almost like you have two shady characters. You don't have a villain. No one is you perfect. Have... No one yes. is perfect. And, Good and even, point. I like that. And even if you see... It, it doesn't... It's not... Like, it doesn't apply for Batman because it's Batman. It's a pre-made story where, obviously, it's the good guy and the bad guys. Yada, yes. yada, yada. It's a comic. Um, but for the rest of his original films, there's never been a bad guy. And this is the first one that like, felt so, like a James Bond, a confusing James Bond movie. And it, that's what it was. You have the main guy who is like a secret agent and he's driving this the the boat and he knows, you know, how to do sports stuff. You don't know why. He's very smart. He's in an agency. There's counterintelligence. And then there's the bad guy who wants to destroy the world because he's going to die with it. And it's like, what? Why? <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> what's the actual point here? Just kill the guy. Kill the guy. And I was, no, 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 no. We need to solve this out. And it's like, all right. I don't get it. So for, that was weird for him. It almost feel like they were, they were trying to test if he could do a James Bond film. Also, like, you know, like, I don't know, maybe he was... Uh, introducing this is the guy I think should be James Bond uh, over the whole scandal with um, the producers of James Bond don't, don't, not letting um, Idris Elba to be the James Bond which I think he should be because he's amazing and that's a handsome man right there he's a beautiful man a phenomenal actor and has so much charisma on screen I would love him as a James Bond and then there was a very well known you know feud because they didn't want him for who knows what and it, this feels like Christopher Nolan was like, okay, I'm going to do my version of how James Bond with, uh, you know, a different character would have been. Um, but it was too Christopher Nolan, too confusing. Uh, yeah, I think he lost his track trying to create a villain that wasn't, that was just a guy saying evil things. Like, I'm going to make you swallow your own testicles. Like, okay, well, that's, that's scary. <laughs> Good point. I'm gonna think about that a little bit. Yeah. I like that. I and also thought that. the film was gonna focus in a event, almost like Dunkirk, because the opening it's based on a real event that happened. I'm, I'm probably gonna get it wrong. I don't know if it was in Russia, Ukraine, where um, I don't know if you knew it that there was a terrorist kidnap an actual like a theater, and they have people inside. I didn't they, know that. And what the government did. The way to solve it very, very drastic. They actually put a gas through the vents to make the everyone inside fall asleep, but they used too much. They didn't calculate because everyone received different amount of you know a chemical, and uh, people die intoxicated with that, asphyxiated. And they also break in. Some of the kidnappers were in sleep. There was a gunshot thing, and many people die on the whole thing. So it was an actual event. And when I saw the movie developing, I was like, oh, this movie going to be about this? Wow. This that would have very... been a much better movie. I, just yeah, I you thought explaining like, that, way more interesting. Yeah, I thought like, oh, they brought up the Dunkirk element of doing something historic. But yeah, it was a real event. And when I saw it happening, I was like, oh, this is... And I'm pretty sure many people around the world got triggered. Or not triggered, but at least they got the alarm of, oh, it's going to be about this. And then they never bring it back. And I'm like, why do we open with this? It was just for him to discover the bullet going backwards in the audience. It's like, is that it? So, yeah, if it was around that, to explain that event as if it was a undercover thing, I would have. I think it would have been way better. But, oh, 100%. But, yeah, it got lost into, look how beautiful shots we can do in a, in a boat. Like, All right. <laughs> Christopher Nolan just likes seeing things go backwards, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you uh, sharing your thoughts. I'm, well, we jumped a little bit in there for Tenet. Uh, I think 
I, I can't speak for you, obviously. I will definitely give it another watch, but yeah. I'm just not dying. To, I, I'd, I'd rather watch every other movie he's made before I watch uh, before I watch Tenet again. Is yeah, there... Yeah. For sure. Uh, are there... Are there any other uh, movies uh, that you're wanting to go see in the theater in like the next little bit that have either been pushed or are coming close to being released? Yeah, uh, one the number one was uh, French Dispatch, um, Wes Anderson. Okay. And Dune, for sure. Oh yes, Dune. I I like James Bond. I'm I enjoy the shit out of it. So yeah, I wanted to see uh, No Time to Die. And uh, I think those were my top three. Because even with uh, Black Widow and stuff like that, I'm okay with the Marvel uh, buzz. I, I would have been point. fine missing Black Widow too. I would have gone seen it. I would have gone to see it if an opportunity presented itself. But I don't think I was going to like actively, you know, yeah. go myself or go or ask someone to go see it. I don't think as much as I like the Black Widow character, I, I wasn't super excited the one for me was top gun and that was pure nostalgia oh, i yeah. wanted to go see i wanted to go see top gun on the big screen for sure that yeah. damn tom cruise the ageless wonder god mm -hmm. damn it no it, that one that one's is true i do feel people if if you like uh marvel go and support black widow i think her character is amazing and she deserves the support because it's uh, absolutely yes and, and, I and yeah so I'm, i would have i would have gone if it wasn't because i'm exposing myself to a virus but uh besides that as much as i love black widow i'm not a fan of the and honestly <laughs> if it wasn't because it was sent to uh to uh, disney plus for a very expensive amount i would have i was actually planning to go and see mulan oh interesting because i i love the animated film i think it's it's groundbreaking I think yes. in the way they present, you know, a female character having to disguise as a um, male character to prove herself and uh, obvious uh, by vibes from the general. I'm just going to say it. Um, Let's get down to business. Yeah. I mean, everyone's like, oh, he fell in love with Mulan. Excuse me. He fell in love with her when she was a boy and then she became a girl. And he's like, I'm still down for it. So it's like, ha uh -huh. We get it. Um, I, have, I have not seen Mulan in years. It's great. It's great. I always forget Eddie Murphy voices in it. You always think, when you think of Eddie Murphy, you always think of Donkey <laughs> from Shrek, I, but totally forget yeah. he did that first. Well, when you think of a story placed in China, you don't think of Eddie Murphy um, <laughs> in general, just saying. But uh, yeah, it, it was one of those films that I wanted to watch just because I was curious of, yeah. not a fan of, when they do that, the the live, the the actual version of a, a, an animated film, the live action uh, version, but I still was like, I'm curious. It looks it looks okay. Um, yeah, that was one of those that got lost there. I don't know what else. I think those were my top to watch. Yeah, I'm trying to think right now if there are any other ones that we. What else has been pushed? Oof, I, I think we named named all the big ones. Yeah, I want to yeah. see the the Wes Anderson movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I hope, and I hope all these movies start coming out and, and they're supported and, and you know, yeah, I, I don't, 100%. I don't think they're gonna make as much as they would have made, but I think that's the the environment we're in now, where things aren't what they were supposed to be. We have to accept it the way it is. These movies, like Christopher Nolan's movie, did not make a billion dollars. It's okay. He'll be fine. Everything will be okay. I just would hope that people are still going because we have to fight to keep the theater experience alive i would hate i don't think it's gonna go away no but uh i i would you know i i think we should fight for it again you're not gonna go see as many movies as you as you normally would but it's the new normal baby and we just have to accept it and yeah. and and deal with it and you know and, I and mean, it's getting it's getting better it is getting yeah. better we are getting closer so and uh reason also, for optimism also art has survived uh wars world wars that <laughs> last uh you know from the plague six to seven years the the plague that lasted four and there was no cure it basically just fade away so we'll be fine it so just seems one it year. seems a lot worse because we're in it right now exactly and it's affecting humans hate change humans hate going through this and adapting but we're gonna be fine we've made it look at me and you we've never Beautiful. looked better and, never looked or sounded yeah. better. Well, yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a filter on my camera, actually. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah, and we're, um, we are lucky that we're in a generation that has the contact of through social media and technology before. Yes, it was like full, lucky. like, 
I don't know how my friends are doing. How's my family doing? And I, I don't know. It's been three months without knowing from anyone. So now we're lucky that we can uh, get closer, even though we are that far away. Very poetic of me. Everybody said that a hundred times. Uh, but um, I think that's important to keep in mind. We have now the streaming services, so we still can have access to the to productions and uh, many productions are still going and they're just being very careful and they're just wrapping up. So I don't feel art in general from filmmaking standpoint to any uh, even concerts, music, I don't think it's going to fade away. It, right now it looks like it because it looks like there's no hope in the future, but that is. And um, again, this is, we are in our technology, technologically speaking and health, uh, the level of uh, you know advance in science and health uh, we're in a good spot and we just have to be patient. And if someone is criticizing, oh, I refuse to, you know, cancel Halloween. It's one year. Take it easy. It's one year. The next one and you get, can do whatever and, you and want. Get, cre- get creative. My goodness. Like, think, yes. Think outside the box. Like, I've heard so many things that people are doing. I, I, I talked to one guy at work the other day that's setting up a whole... Uh, Halloween mansion type thing in his yeah. backyard for his kids, and there, there's uh, Jamie was saying that people are doing in their own houses. There Build a fort at each, at each door. There's different candy in the kids. Like it sucks, but you know, kids are gonna be fine. Like and the price, really... the the yeah. like the, the price of what you're doing. It's so it's it's so low. It's just enjoy the night with your kids. Make it a a movie night or uh, do like an Easter egg hunt, but with candies and yes. uh, cold family. Do online um, uh, costume uh, uh, challenges, whatever you want. A call. fashion show. Do a fashion show. I, I do great. have fashion shows every morning in front of my mirror. Nobody's looking, but I'm looking <laughs> fantastic, and I don't. Your care. Na- your neighbor though loves it though. He, he has oh, I open those windows. Yeah, and and he's like, well, this is the part where I change to another outfit. Well, actually, now that I think about it, your neighbor's name is Norman Bates, so you might yeah. want to look into that, actually. Uh, look, <laughs> in, look into that, people. He's happy to be there. But, you uh, you yeah. gave me a, a perfect segue there, like, a minute ago, so it's not really a good segue, but streaming. <laughs> yes. What do you think the future of streaming is? Do you think uh, it's going to keep getting bigger and more movies are going to do direct releases on, like, Netflix and stuff? Yes. Do you think it can survive? I actually find it interesting because if you remember, like, I think it was... Probably last year, beginning of this year, I don't know. Uh, Martin Scorsese itself says that he wasn't, a, he didn't agree with Netflix or streaming films to be nominated for the Oscars because that's not film. And now it's like, well, the Oscars are coming, and everyone's, uh, you know, all the nominees are from streaming services. Yes. Um, so it's like, of course, he didn't think of a pandemic taking over. It's the way we're trying to figure out things right now. And uh, we need to find bridges and, and uh, evolve in a way that make things work. And streaming services are has been the best access, not only f- to help people entertain and think about something else, but also to keep the productions going. Of course, it gets tricky when you think about they can't keep producing or, or rolling uh, anything because it's dangerous for the, the crew. Yeah. But... Um, some companies are still doing it. Some of them are even traveling to places where the COVID situation is not too bad and they have to quarantine for two weeks and get the test and then they go back to their places. Um, so there are ways to do it. And I do feel streaming services, they've been for a while. For a while, they've been the, the main thing. The people, the, yeah. It's rare to hear someone who says, I have cable at home. They usually do it if you're watching <laughs> sports. If you yes. have a, if you watch a lot of football, soccer, uh, baseball, hockey, that's when you get cable, or you watch uh, events like the Oscars, stuff like that. You buy packages, but the streaming services is a new way. Sadly, there are too many, and things are scattered, and I cannot pay for Amazon, Disney, Netflix, uh, Crave. But I do feel that's the way things are gonna be. Uh, I feel, I think big films are gonna be. Um, you know, release that way. And uh, I think it's fine. I think it's okay. And it's like a backup, a meantime. And something that should happen in the future that many films have did it last year is like they have a one-month run in theaters and then they release it on a, on a streaming services. And I think it's important. We need them. And if they take over, I don't think they will, like, kill the cinema because people still want to go out and socialize it's our nature 
but um, right now they're the best thing we have. So, yeah, you go they're... Netflix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will we all uh, the 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 core four of us uh, viewers cut members? We just experienced a little bit of you know the change with um, the trial of the Chicago Seven. Yes. Which we I think we all didn't really hear about the movie, and it was an Aaron Sorkin movie with a pretty good cast. Phenomenal and then a, cast. A few weeks before it was released, we all found out about it, and it's like boom, coming to Netflix in a couple weeks, and then. We watched it in the comfort of our of our homes, and it's like I can get down for this. I didn't feel I needed to see this film in the theater. I would have gone, but yeah. this movie was fine. I, I had no problem watching it in the uh, in the you know, like I said, the comfort of my own home, and it was great. It was it was an Aaron Sorkin movie. I mean, it's at the at the bare minimum, it's okay. So, yeah. I and I think you know and. I would hate to see movie theaters going away and there are, you know, it's not black and white. I think there's a lot of gray area and I think the best thing that they can do is what they were doing the last few years, especially with the Oscars, like Marriage Story and The Irishman. They all had to get a limited release. They had to spend a certain amount of time in the theaters, but then they also have a limited release on Netflix as well. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. It, and 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 that gives people the option. I, I didn't need to go see The Irishman in the theater. We went and saw it, but... I would have totally been fine watching that at my own place. So yes. leave it up to the viewer. If they really are passionate and want to go see it in the theater, give them the option. Hopefully it's in a theater close to them. But if they don't want to go see it in the theater, let them go watch the Netflix. And if it's a really good movie, it should be recognized for awards. Yeah. And, and I don't know. that It's just it's simple in my mind for that. Like, you know, open more doors. Don't close doors. I think yeah. that's the, the, the culture we're in now. Present more options. And I think streaming and theaters can live hand in hand. Give the viewer the option. Keep it going. And I just, when an end game comes out, go see it in the theater. When Marriage yeah. Story comes out, you can probably watch that in your own home. And it'd be and fun. Honestly, honey, really, let's go to the worst case scenario. The COVID thing, just extend it for an extra half a year, blah, blah, blah. Um, theaters they can handle economically speaking they close down there's no theaters to go oh my god that's awful Uh, some kind of life social life is gonna ish come back to normal and we're gonna economy is gonna keep going things are gonna happen some guy probably a retired director just gonna be like hey i'm gonna open a theater now i know they all die but i'm gonna open one (laughs) that thing is gonna blow up it's gonna be so popular because even if you close them down because the economic reason doesn't mean that in the future they won't come back yeah it's 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 a thing we want it's like saying we're gonna close all the museums because you know whatever if you open a museum 20 years after you close all the, all of them they're gonna be big again because it's a necessity to have access to culture to have access to arts to have access to social gatherings or events um uh, something to help us you know, space out a little bit. Those things are necessary for our life. And even if you can have it on top of your belly in a laptop and watch the next Christopher Nolan move like that, awesome. But I feel like me personally, and I'm not like uh, a weird species, a lot of people wanted to go to the theater. Yeah. More more than for the movie, for the event. That's why people want to see like some trashy films, they don't go because they have passion for the film or the actor. They go because it's like, hey, let's go have fun in a group outside in a theater. It's a it's a thing that we, even though filmmake, uh, the, you know, the, the film industry is a new, it's the newest of the the the, the arts. It's something that became part of our uh, who we are. It's in our genes, basically. Our grandparents used to go to the theaters. Their our parents used to go to the theaters. We go to the theaters. So it's something that we do. It's it's something we like to do, like going to an amusement park. If Disney close in and in two years they reopen, it's gonna be as popular as it was before COVID, if not more, because people are gonna be desperate. So, I, do I think theaters are gonna die? No. Do I think there's a chance a chance that theaters are gonna have to stop and have a break that is gonna be very very complicated economically speaking? Hundred percent. But it's not gonna die. And the stream service is going to be there, but it's not going to be the only option because we're still social creatures. That's my deduction out of all this. So, Well, do you know what I was just thinking of as you were as you were talking there? Is as I was renting. Of, 
Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like an advertisement for theaters. Yeah. Like in like a year when they're coming back. <laughs> this is who it's, we are. Yeah, yeah. It also sounds like an advertisement. <laughs> if you if you change theaters for hair, it looks like a solution to grow hair back. It's like it might be gone in the next two years. Is it gonna come back? I think so, because technology is gonna allow us to. So it's 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 my ad for uh, regrowing hair too. Well, I was just thinking, and uh, as I, you know, obviously think more about Tenet being the only movie out, it's kind of like we're back in the olden days, you know, like we've seen all the old photos of like Jaws and Star Wars, you know, like Mm -hmm. the people lined up down the street and it's not eight different blockbusters in the theater at once, it's Jaws. And I kind of like the idea that and I wish I loved Tenet more, but it'd be kind of exciting that Tenet's the big movie for this this month or the next few weeks, it's Tenet, and then it's Top Gun, and then it's uh, James Bond, and all this kind of... It's kind of exciting, and it's kind of like, you know, we're taking a little bit of a step back, but for, you know, film enthusiasts like us, it's kind of exciting, and, you yeah. know, and, and I like that they're doing the throwbacks, too, and bringing back old movies. Like, I was so close to going to see Empire Strikes Back in the theater. Like, yeah, that would have been so cool. I do have uh, about that thing. I, I agree with your idea. I have one positive thing and one negative thing. The positive thing is that Tenet brought uh, like uh, fresh air, like a breath of fresh air. It was hope of we going yes. back to the theaters. And I think that was very important because it gave that extra, you know, like, okay, one more step. Here we go. Let's face this. And the only negative thing of that kind of uh, future or look like of the, the, the movie industry, the film industry, is that it might close the doors to more like smaller projects, smaller films oh, or, 100%. Or, or foreign films that are, might not sound as popular. I think like if this hap- if Parasite came out this year, it wouldn't be as popular because nobody would have gone and see it. Good Why, why would it go? And I feel like it's good to have those big movies moving people to keep the thing alive, but it can't stay longer and it won't, obviously, like it did in, in the past. But it's because it's closing the door for other options. And I feel that's when the streaming services are so important because they can open the door to more foreign films, more like smaller indie productions. And that's what I like about indie services. Because you can, uh, streaming services, sorry, because they provide some indie material, um, foreign material that you wouldn't get in a regular cinema, at least in the North America. So I, again... I love the idea of Tenet being a, like a beacon of hope. I just, uh, my expectation is that in the future, uh, that continues and opens the door to other things. Yes. Yeah. And I, I, th- I think, I so. think it has. I think a yeah. lot of independent filmmakers and, and, and uh, makers of smaller movies, I think are benefiting, you know, the last six 100%. months. 100%. You know, and I think... I always like the idea. I think every town should have the big galaxy, the the, the big theater with with eight or, or twelve blockbuster shit, and then have a Highland cinema, yeah. like we have in London. You have to have that small theater. It doesn't have to be one screen. Ours is that showcases more of the unknown movies. You're not gonna the have majestic. Endgame. You're not yeah. gonna have Black Widow. Yeah, exactly. The majestic. We need theater. a majestic. Yes, uh, we need a to... majestic in our life right now. Yes, and uh, it's necessary. They not only in the industry, but to everybody too, because you're gonna get tired of blockbusters. I know people who doesn't like blockbuster, and they're like, "I'm and done we, with it." We don't need five in one summer or two every weekend. Remakes, 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 remakes. We don't like, need Jesus. it. We need that one big movie, and then a few other ones that are pretty popular. Like we have billion dollar movies like every month, and it's like, holy moly. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I wish I, I had a million dollar every month. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I wish. So, yeah, I think uh, we got a lot of stuff there that we've uh, that we've discussed. I don't know. I, I think that, I think overall, to wrap it all up, I think everything's going to be fine. Follow the rules. Yeah. Theaters will be fine. We're going to, I mean, we have, I mean, a few things have been pushed back. They're not dead. They're not gone. They're not going to disappear. And... You know, I, I think uh, the best thing you can have in this time, it, I mean, everyone's struggling. Everyone has their own stuff they're going through, and I don't want to speak for anyone, but I just think if you can find that ray of hope to keep moving forward and be positive, surround yourself around good people, have as much fun as you can, be creative. We're going to get through this. It's going to be fine. And, you know, just use common sense and be respectful is the most important thing. Be kind, be respectful, and 
go watch Tenet, and I want to know your thoughts. <laughs> we are the world. We are yes, the Q, children. Q, Q, uh, we, we are the one. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, go uh, if you feel safe, and if it's safe in your town, or and everyone's taking the, the precautions that are needed, and you're allowed, go on watch Tenet. Honestly, I, I'm not boycotting the sh- the movie because one makes no sense to do it. So. Uh, because it's, it, everybody should watch any piece of art that is put up there, um, as long as doesn't you know insult my, minorities or do all, other awful things. And Tenet's not one of them. Uh, so go watch it, support it, and um, have your own con- you know point of view about it. What do you think? Do you like it? Do you do you understand it? If you did, please explain me. Please call haven't. in. We have uh, our lines will be open for yeah the next our few hours, uh, so one hundred. I got Tenet. Uh, uh, so yeah I hope I hope people go watch and I hope people understand it and I yeah I mean I still love Christopher Nolan it doesn't gonna take anything away like I said nobody's perfect he's not a god and he can have his ups and downs this is a big down for me but I still respect him and I'm honestly excited about his whatever film comes after this so Christopher we still love you forever you brought us so much joy thank you very much everyone for listening i hope you enjoyed our singing is there any other songs we should sing before we close out mauricio um Amazing <laughs> thank you very much for joining me mauricio it's always a pleasure talking to you i hope everyone enjoyed this episode uh stay yeah. tuned my christopher nolan ranking is going to follow and uh, yes. I hope everyone has a great day and stays safe. And until the next time, Mauricio, peace out. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Adam's Top 10. I have a special list today that I have been waiting to do for quite some time. Uh, I recently saw Tenet. Andrew and I went to a local theater here in London, and uh, I'm going to do a Christopher Nolan uh, ranking, top 10 Christopher Nolan movies. The movie I'm going to keep out of this list is following, technically his first feature film, uh, but it wasn't a studio film. I I think it was an independent film. I'm not 100% sure, but I've only seen it once. I don't really remember it. I didn't love it. Uh, a little boring, and uh, but some good stuff in it for sure, but I don't remember it enough to really include on this list because I don't have really anything to say about it. I definitely recommend it for any Christopher Nolan fans, for sure, but it will not be part of this list. So yeah, I'm going to jump right in here to um, number 10, which unfortunately is Tenet. Now this isn't going to be a formal review of the movie, Uh, I'm just going to quickly say that I just wasn't a fan of it, it didn't reach me in any way, it was very confusing, I didn't care about any of the characters, and I just was trying to grasp basically something in the first act while the second and third act carried on. I really felt like I missed the train, and it just didn't wait for me, and it just went off, and I'm just like, oh my god, I have no idea what's going on. So there, there was some good stuff in it for sure, the visual effects uh, were, were really good, and the cinematography, of course, you're going to get that uh in a, in a Christopher Nolan movie, he knows how to uh, shoot movies very well. But I don't know what's going on with his sound mixing, but there, again, were some scenes that I just couldn't hear what was going on. I don't know what that is. People have been complaining about that since The Dark Knight Rises. I have no idea what he was going for. But anyways, Tenet's number 10. I'll have to watch it again eventually. I just don't have any interest right now. Just didn't do it for me. So that's my number 10. Uh, number nine is The Dark Knight Rises. It's very sloppy. It's um, of the three Christopher Nolan Batman films, it's the weakest uh, written movie. Um, felt like it was rushed. Felt like they just wanted to make it as epic as possible and filled it with plot conveniences and plot holes and things that just didn't make any sense. Um, a lot of new characters that just didn't work. <laughs> They're just. It's not good when you're introducing all these new characters. Uh, in the third film of a trilogy, just because you have to introduce them, you have to give them something to do, you got to give them some pay. I, there was just too much going on. I don't like the Robin uh, thing at the end. I, I mean, it's fine, but I, I don't buy him knowing that um, he knew Bruce Wayne was Batman, and I hate 
uh, when they call him Robin at the end because that's not his real name. They should have just called him Dick Grayson. Most people would have understood. I hated that in the theater when uh, she says, you should have used your real name, Robin. I didn't. I, I can't stand that. <laughs> but um, I love Bane. Um, I like um, some of the stuff in the movie, but especially primarily Bane up until he gets killed in a very weak way. Um, but um, there's a lot of good scenes with Bane. The first fight scene underground is fantastic. I like the execution of that scene uh, without any music, just the raw, you know, punching and uh, just, you know, you feel like you're there. And it doesn't feel like a movie and, it, and it's great. But then Batman breaks his back and with a quick crack of his back it's fixed and he's good to go there's just so much like he has a knee issue for eight years whatever i don't know when it happened in the dark night but he's been dealing with his knee issue he puts this little brace thing on and he breaks through brick or something and he's good to go and everything's fine i just i don't like the eight year jump i there's just a lot of stuff i don't like in it but anyways number nine dark knight rises definitely rewatchable uh but just a very sloppy film the structure and it's not very good and it's way too long Number eight is Interstellar. Visually stunning. Maybe Christopher Nolan's best shot film, hands down. I just didn't care about what was going on, and it was too confusing, especially in the third act when you get into black holes and all that kind of stuff. When you have NASA scientists saying that they were a little bit confused, I don't have a chance. I like Matthew McConaughey. He's fine in it. I wish he was great, and I wish his character was better. I didn't really care about what was going on. None of the characters in this movie are very memorable. And, uh, yeah, it just wasn't the strongest Christopher Nolan movie for me. But like I said, visually stunning, really cool to see in the theater. Doesn't really have much rewatch value for me. Uh, number seven is Dunkirk, a film that I loved, but also doesn't have a lot of rewatch value for me. I loved it in the theater. It was great. Um, I like the, um, the concept of not having a, a main protagonist. There's just a bunch of ensemble characters that you're following. I loved it. I thought that was great. It worked for the movie. And I liked uh, hearing this story um, uh, during the war. Like it was it was an incredible story of, of a lot of people uh, jumping in to help out. And, like it was great. And uh, Christopher Nolan, I I'm glad he did a war film. I, I, I'm glad I got to see his take on a war film. I thought he did a very good job. It just The reason it's so low on this list is because every movie above it um, has a lot more rewatch value. But Dunkirk, fantastic movie. Number six is The Dark Knight. I may get some backlash for having The Dark Knight so um, low on this list. I love The Dark Knight. I saw it three times in the theaters. I think it's a great comic book movie. But I think it's a tad overrated. The positives in The Dark Knight, the Joker obviously is fantastic, Heath Ledger, fantastic performance, well-deserved, uh, his Academy Award. There's some, you know, the cinematography's great, and um, there's some cool action in it. The uh, the big truck chase is, is great. They t totally ruined it in the trailer, but um, the trailer for the movie, but there's a lot of really good stuff in it, and it's a fun movie to watch. It, it's... It's not quite as long as Dark Knight Rises. It it works in this. I, I couldn't imagine it being any longer, but it stays its welcome perfectly. Uh, but I've never been a fan of the the um, the um, the Two Face turn. It, I didn't buy it. Uh, just how he becomes a mass murderer, um, basically the, the flip of a coin. It, I I don't buy it. Uh, Batman taking the fall for uh, for Harvey Dent is I, I again I like what they were trying to do I just didn't buy it I find it less believable Batman doing uh the killing than them just saying the Joker did it I think the people of Gotham would buy that way more the Joker killed these people yeah it makes sense he's been killing a lot of people I don't understand how it, it just doesn't make any sense because Batman was has been saving people in this town for however long, he just, uh, in the previous act was just helping a bunch of uh, um, hostages. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, people in the, oh, Batman just started killing all these people? Okay. Uh, so I never really bought that. But um, there are still a lot of very good things in this movie, for sure. The opening act is great outside of the, uh, the, the other bus drivers not being able to figure out. <laughs> clearly driving right out of the bank. Anyways, The Dark Knight, love it. Just think it's a tad overrated, 
and not quite as good as the next movie on this list, which is Batman Begins at number five. I think Batman Begins is slightly underrated. It is a very good movie, and um, it did very well, critically and commercially for sure. It brought Batman back. But I just don't think people talk about it as much. I, I just think Dark Knight, for most people, is just a clear best of the trilogy and I don't quite understand that. Batman Begins does a lot of things better in my opinion um, than The Dark Knight. I like Christian Bale's performance as Bruce Wayne and Batman better in this than I do in The Dark Knight. Like his his Batman voice gets more ridiculous in each movie. Like by The Dark Knight, I'm not wearing hockey pants. Like it doesn't make any sense <laughs> how ridiculous he's pushing it. I just think it's better in, in the first one. I like that he's more of a detective in the first one. He's doing a lot of detective work. The second one, he he's just relying so much on this unrealistic technology. I mean, it's it's realistic. Uh, I mean, in, in the time we live in now, but it's just so like, I don't know. It just gets so far fetched. Where in the first one, he's going around and he's doing detective work. Um, I like Katie Holmes better uh, than Maggie Gyllenhaal. I think her chemistry, uh, Katie Holmes' chemistry with uh, Bruce Wayne, is um, or Christian Bale, I guess, is better. I, I really felt some scenes were awkward in The Dark Knight with Maggie Gyllenhaal and, and Christian Bale. It just seemed weird. It might have been because it's a actor change. I don't know. But I just like Katie Holmes better as Rachel. Gotham is better in, in, in Batman Begins. Um, as you get into the sequels, it's just more and more evident that they're shooting in Chicago, New York, and L.A. I think they uh, were lazy, uh, especially by The Dark Knight Rises, with, with uh, disguising it. And um, I just love the mood and atmosphere of Batman Begins. It's a lot more at night. It's raining. It's There's a lot of fog. It's just it's great. The villains, I think, are underrated in the first one. I like the combination of Ra's al Ghul and uh, Scarecrow. I think it works well with the theme of the uh, the of the movie, which is fear. Yeah, I, there's not much else I can say. I just really like Batman Begins, and I wish people talked about it more because it's a it's a great film, and it just slightly beats out The Dark Knight. I would put on Batman Begins uh, before I watch. Um, the Dark Knight, and the ending of Batman Begins is great. And the little cliffhanger at the end, too, with the, the Joker card is is uh, is fantastic. So anyways, uh, Batman Begins, number five. Uh, number four is Memento. Um, it was originally higher on my list uh, in my last uh, top three ranking with uh, when we did the, the Tenet podcast episode, uh, but it has moved down slightly. Um, it is a great film. Uh, it's a very simple story told in a very unique way, which I really like. The characters are really good. The performances are really strong. I mean, I, I, I love Guy Pearce in this movie. I think he's a great actor. And for one of Christopher Nolan's earliest films, it just really showcases his incredible storytelling ability and how good he is with the camera and moving a story forward and making something very plain Jane, boring, just a simple little whodunit, you know, detective story, and he makes it very interesting. The only problem with Memento is after the first maybe two viewings, unfortunately with the cat being out of the bag, it's not as entertaining as you watch it more and more and more. So that's the only unfortunate part. But I again, it's number four on this list. I love it. It's just the three films above it just have more rewatch value and I like just a little bit better. But uh, yeah, number three is, uh, sorry, number four is Memento. Number three is The Prestige. I don't know why more people don't talk about this movie. I think it's remarkable. Starting with the performances, Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson, Michael Caine, um, Andy Serkis, David Bowie is fantastic in it, Rebecca Hall. It's, they're just, they all bring their A game. It's very interesting characters and very good performances. And um, I like the themes in the movie. I like the rivalry between Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. Uh, how they're, they're both have different styles, but at the end of the day, they're both going mad uh, with, uh, with jealousy for the other person. And I just like how far they push. They're kind of giving you the, the twist throughout the movie, but you're not quite picking up on it. When you rewatch it a second time, you're like, oh, it was right in front of me the whole time. But it's just a great film, and the second it's over, you want to rewatch it. And I, I I just love The Prestige. I think the um, the combination of David Bowie and Andy Serkis is a once-in-a-lifetime uh, pairing, and check it out for that alone. <laughs> so yeah, number three, The Prestige. Uh, number two is Insomnia. It has moved up my list. 
Um, I've always loved this movie, but as I was thinking about it more, I'm just like, God, that movie is so well made. Completely character driven. Al Pacino, Robin Williams, and Hilary Swank at their best. I think the main uh, reason that I love this movie so much is you're not only analyzing the antagonist, the villain in this movie, you're also analyzing the protagonist. The whole movie you're questioning, oh, did Robin Williams do it? Ah, and his performance is so good where it's like, I don't want to think that he did it. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe, I don't know. But at the same time, you're doing the same thing with Al Pacino where you almost... You almost want to root for Robin Williams more than Al Pacino. And it goes back and forth where Al Pacino's the shady, crooked cop who has clearly planted evidence in his past. And uh, there's an event that happens in the first act of this film where uh, you're questioning the rest of the movie. Did he do it on purpose? Did he do it by accident? Do you buy him? Can you buy him with the state that he's in? He's suffering from insomnia. He can't sleep. There's just so much in this uh, movie. The mood and atmosphere is great. If you have not seen Insomnia, definitely go check it out. My second favorite Christopher Nolan film, definitely check out Insomnia. But my number one, a movie that comes to no surprise to anyone, Inception. The most rewatchable Christopher Nolan film. He executes a very interesting story. It's complicated, but not too complicated. You can pick up on things. It's a concept humans can understand, dreams. And the performances are fantastic right down the list. I've talked about it before. Leo, Tom Hardy. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ellen Page, Marion Cotillard, they're all great in it. And the practical effects are fantastic. The visual effects are fantastic. It's a perfect mesh. I love Inception, the absolute peak of Christopher Nolan. If you have not seen Inception, it's been 10 years, definitely go check it out. Great film. So there's my top 10 for Christopher Nolan. Tenet, The Dark Knight Rises, Interstellar, Dunkirk, The Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Memento, The Prestige, Insomnia, and Inception. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Adam's Top 10, and I hope everyone has a great day. Take care. Hey, remember that you can follow us on Spotify, iTunes, and Anchor. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook as The Viewer's Cut. Bye!